for me, <laughs> that's what I love about this. You know, like we've had some cool people on from Akani right in the beginning. All the people we've spoken to have been people I really want to talk to. Sick. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, yes. And we're still babies, but there's some big <laughs> news coming. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll that's, be able to announce that. So that's we'll very see. cool. You've No, it's, it's great. Welcome to the show. I think we might as well start it there. Yeah, you know thanks, what I mean? Thanks for having me. You've been sitting yeah. in the chair for a while now. <laughs> Getting Ma comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Martin, uh, listen, man, uh, I think getting to know you over the years now, I've seen the highs, I've seen the lows of your career, but I've also get to, you know, I've been able to spend some time with you um, outside of the sport. And I just think, you're an incredible ambassador for, for MMA, bud. Um, is it something you've always sort of, have you just been down to earth and a chilled dude? I know like when it gets to go time in the hex, it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. But I mean, outside, you seem to be quite a chill guy. Do you have a temper at all or are you? Equal? I used to, I used to have a temper when I was a bit younger, but I am pretty chilled in general. It takes a lot to actually get me upset. I think most of the, the fights I had before I started MMA was people provoking and that mm. type of thing. But like I said, it takes a lot to get me get me going. But I am pretty chilled. I don't like confrontation. Mm. I don't like to get into arguments. Um, it's just sometimes you sometimes you can't avoid them. Yeah, and you have to deal with them. So, like someone was saying to me the other, yeah, these MMA fighters, these cage fighters, they're always looking for fights out on the jaw. I'm like, that's exactly the opposite, mate. Yeah. No, for sure. I said to this person who I bumped into uh, was he was having just I think he was trying to rile me up or whatever it was because you know I love him man, and it's been part of my life for many years now but I said to him those are actually the guys that will do everything to avoid a fight breaking like, out real fighters the guys that can actually fight will rather avoid a confrontation and a fight because they actually know what they can do to that that human being if they really want to and I think the case where Guys say that fighters are, you know, look for trouble. It's most likely the the amateurs that starting to make name for themselves, going out and drinking every weekend, and then they, you know, want to show they're the boyki. And mm. I think that's where the misconception is between a real athlete, uh, MMA fighter, and someone that's a pretend fighter, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the skill set that you guys have, I mean, if there was a zombie apocalypse... <laughs> I, yeah, I know where I'd go. Richard, I'd, I'd be recruiting you. <laughs> Richard would be happy. <laughs> Rich could do everything, bro. Yeah. <laughs> One stop shop. But um, Martin, I think let's state for the record: you haven't retired, right? I mean, I know there's a few rumors out yeah. there, and you know there's a few guys that say like, "Oh, the Punisher," this. But let, let's know. be honest: you're still alive and kicking. And even though you've had surgery, and there's a few months still to go, yeah. you still want to kick some ass. Listen, this is, you know, it's like I get very irritated sometimes with people. It's, did you see after a fight or whenever they're like, are you still fighting? And I literally got to the point where I just don't answer them and I just turn around and walk away. Because for me, fighting is in my DNA, it's in my blood, it's something that I love to do. I don't fight now because I have to survive or pay the bills. Mm. Yes, it, for a long time it was like that and it made it very difficult for me to actually focus on fighting because it became a job for me. Yeah. In the last two years, I've set up businesses and financially I'm good. So now I fight because I enjoy fighting. I love to train. I love to be in shape. Um, keeps me young. It keeps me healthy. So as long as I'm able to still compete physically, you know, yeah. obviously I've had some major surgeries. I had a knee that I was also meant to not ever fight again. I came back 
fought Jeremy, had a great performance. Yeah. Um, my shoulder now was an old injury that's been lurking since 2017, and I've just been nursing it. And the, the life's a funny thing, you know. It decided to to fail on me in that moment, in that first round. And I had to I mean, deep. it was early on in the first yeah, round, right? Yeah, it was the right? first two and a half minutes. The second oh, right hand I threw. <laughs> the first right hand I threw, I felt it. I was like, ish, not good. But then instinct takes over, you know. Mm. So it completely tore. I can rip the tendon off the bone. So I had quite, quite big surgery when I got back from Abu Dhabi. Um, my physio, my doctor actually said to me, if I had my choice, you would become a long distance runner. And I laughed at him. I said, look, if it can last another <laughs> three or four years, then we're good. You know, as long as I can still use it, I will still compete. So... A lot will determine now in, in the next few months how good my shoulder yeah. is. But as long as I'm 70 or 80% to what it was before, I will still be fighting. And I will fight until the day that I wake up one morning and go, okay, I've had enough now. Okay, so, so it will be a feeling thing. For sure, yeah. I'm, look, I'm, I mean, I just turned 40 and I feel great. Like yeah. People think, you just say that, but I do feel great. I'm not, my mental state is still, I'm still hungry. I'm still uh, cognizant, very. My reflexes are still amazing, you know. I'll drop a pair of keys and I'll catch it before, and I'm like, you know, you still got it. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Stuff like that, like, like just that still tells me, like, I'm still there mentally and physically, I'm still there. So I'm not going to put a time on it because everybody's like, how many years? And I'm like, I don't know. That's not fair. It's not fair. Like, no. maybe I fight until 45 and still perform, you know. And there's, I think the days of guys, a lot of guys retired too early. I look at Wesley Orkey, for example, great athlete, Super great fighter. Talent, yeah. Retired at 32 or 33 because people around him keep telling him, you're getting old now because you had a loss or two. Like, a, f a fight's in you, you know. You can't tell a fighter you've had enough now or you should retire because some, in some instances that sets in to people and yeah. then they stop believing that. And I'm the tough person that's like, I'll decide when I'm done and I'll make that decision. I don't need people to tell me or ask me. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited about the future. No, and, and I think that's one thing. I mean, there's not many professional athletes, especially in the sport of MMA, that can say they've had over 40 professional fights. Yeah. I know the, like, and I almost embarrassed myself on the broadcast the other night when I interviewed <laughs> you, but it says 21 and 13. Yeah. You, you're saying it's more, right? You're saying 28 and 13. Yeah. So... There's eight fights on my record that have not been added to Shirog or to... Um, topology. Yeah, topology. Yeah. It's just I can't get them on there because the bodies that we fought under wasn't sanctioned back then, but they were legit fights, you know. Same rule set under Larry Foster and Mark Stradorm. Yeah. Um, also, uh, so they are fights, you know. To get them on, I have been trying, but I've, I think it's number 42. I fought now my last fight, so... I'm just looking at these names, but I mean... I, I mean, we're going back here. I mean, I know the Jeremy Smith fight. I mean, that was XFC Africa yeah. 2009, bro. That yeah. was just before EFC or yeah. EFC was sort of starting. I mean, there's a Drikus Duplessis on here. There's a Leon Maynard. There's, I mean, the Nolan Swanepoel, Dino Baggettin, Jadison Costa, uh, Fadipe, Smith again. I mean, you fought some badass dudes, bud. Yeah. And there's been some incredible fights. No, thanks. Yeah, look, it's been a long career. Um, Yes, I just enjoy the sport. You know, when I started, I was literally fighting. I started 2008, so this month marks 15 years of, of MMA training. Congratulations. Cheers, man. Sure, Cheers on you. that. There sure. we go. There we go. Nice and I started one. MMA just as MMA, you know. Yeah. I didn't box before. I didn't wrestle a little bit at school, but I just enjoy that competing and 
you know, that mano mano, it's me versus you, and the best man's going to win, you know. And sometimes it goes your way, and sometimes it doesn't go your way. It all just depends, you know. Take me back. Uh, you were mentioning, talking earlier about fighting Dallas Jacoby. Yes. Back in the day, and, and you, I, I know you say you haven't come from like a traditional boxing or that sort of thing. But you've always kind of been a bit of a brawler, like yeah. someone who's not scared to to throw yeah, yeah, throw down. For sure. For sure. Um, can you remember your very first fight? I mean, you speak fifteen years now yeah. in MMA, but before that, was school like? Were you a brawler at school or? You school, know? not really. I was actually a softy. I was very small at school. I was I played hooker, but I was skinny because I was smaller than my standard. Okay. I was bullied at school a bit. Where did you go to school? Gelofte. Okay, yeah. Pantan, very yeah. good school. Yeah, yeah very yeah, good school. Yeah. Um, I dropped out of school when I was 16 and started working. Okay. Um, used to go out, get into a bit of altercations, build a bit of a name in Durban. Got banned from a few nightclubs as well. <laughs> but so yeah. I think at that time you had to make an effort yeah. or you were going to get steamrolled. No, for sure. And being a smaller guy, generally in a group, and guys are a bit lick it up and having a few drinks or look for trouble. And my dad taught me always hit first because just on a better chance, especially being small. And kind of a, after the first guy I hit, I was like, man, I can actually crack, you know, for yeah. my size. Have you seen so. the size of your hands, bro? Yeah. Come on. That's some hammers there. <laughs> yeah, they're out of... They're out of yeah, uh, these things, like the <laughs> two of mine. They're out of uh, commission for the time <laughs> being. <laughs> but sure, I just fought a lot in the street. That's mm. basically how I made my name. Not that I wanted to make a name. Yeah. I just didn't take trouble from anyone or anyone telling me they'll oh, fuck me up, you know? So, yeah, so yeah. listen, but we'll sort it out now. And uh, Kevin Thomas, who was a bouncer at 54, um, that time saw me get into fight, broke up the fight, was banned for about five or six months. Went back to the nightclub, got into another altercation after begging the bouncer not <laughs> to let me in. He didn't want to. Uh, ended up getting kicked out again. And after the altercation, he came to me and said, listen, come and, come and train with me. Come to come fight for real. So yeah. I put it off like I wasn't really interested. What were interested. you doing at the time? Sure. I think I was working for um, Jocks Air Brakes uh, as a diesel Mac, swing okay. spanners. I love cars and I so love... So that's your trade? like yeah, yeah, so I really enjoyed working on cars and just working with my hands. I've been mm. doing that since I was 9, 10, 11 years old with my dad. So I'm really hands-on and really Is there restoration in the yes, vibe yes, there? Yes, you know, I'm actually busy with the project now as well with my, my own car. Nice. Yeah, so... And then Kevin told me, listen, come train. And I was like, no, I don't want to come. He's like, okay, come to an event and come watch. So then at that stage, Donovan and them were fighting at uh, Suncoast Casino in the marquee. Jeez. Went and watched an event, and I went there with friends and family. And I was like, I can do this. And someone said to me, oh, you can't do that. It's real fighting. Like, yeah. Next, next <laughs> That's day, what you needed to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> next day, I stepped in at Kevin's gym, and I was trained under Kevin Thomas for, you know, I don't want to lie, I think it was – three or four years and I fought quite a lot uh, maybe five years before he passed away after that mm. and then I found a home in Fightfit after he, he, he passed away just before we get to the Fightfit chapter yeah. because it, it changed your life there's yeah. no doubt about it for sure and and may Kevin rest in peace yeah. but I think there was a conversation that was had and I had just sort of started with the EFC it was like 
EFC two, EFC three, and they were all talking about Martin van Staden coming yeah. across, coming across, and there's this badass from Durban, and I'm like, who's this dude? <laughs> I can't wait to see this guy. <laughs> Your reputation <laughs> preceded you at that sure. point, but um, I think, as you say, growing up tough, yeah. standing up for yourself. Um, being a hands-on type of guy, have they forged you into who you For are sure. today? Look, my dad was a very hard man. Um, if me and my brother got into an argument, he'd make us fight each other, like literally fight each other. So he's very hard on us. Yeah, she taught me some good morals, um, taught me a lot in life. Um, yeah, part of the reason I, I probably love fighting so much as well mm. in cars and that type of thing. Uh, but yeah, definitely growing, very tough when I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Life was not easy. Grew up rich, grew up with money. My dad made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, lost everything. Um, so yeah, that's why I started working at 16 years old. You know, I actually moved out of home before 17 to start working and that's crazy for myself. You know, so yeah. So you've always been a, been a determined guy, though. for sure. Like no, if you set your mind to something, nothing's going to no stop you. No one can you. tell me any different. Yeah, no one. I heard a story, and I think it might be the one where Kevin actually spotted you. I think you, you and your brother were both in the fight. Yes, and. And you were like up against a, a chicken wire fence or something. I can't remember. And you were just yeah. swinging bombs and knocking out people. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, is that, that is true. I got hit with a bat. <laughs> got three of my teeth loosened. <laughs> my it word. was the craziest. It's like I would have a movie. As it happened, all of a sudden, an ambulance pulled up and the door opened. My lip was literally just gushing out blood from oh, man. the bat. And I jumped straight in the ta into the ambulance. And I said, so not take me to the hospital, just drop me in the car park across the street so I can get my car. <laughs> and I drove myself to the hospital after that to get my lift <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's yeah, wild. Back in the day, it was wild. It was wild. Me and my brother. Was that, you know. no, it wasn't like absolute chaos days, was it? No. No, it's just. Just around Pine Town. Pine Town. Uh, yeah, so I had, I, had, I, had, I had altercations where my, my brother still lives in this very house now. My mom's just passed two years ago as well. So he lives in the same house that I grew up in um across this literally across the street was a bar called x uh, news action cafe okay it was a little jaw pub bar and we used to fight there every second third friday we actually had a such a big role that one of the guys pulled a fire on my mom like literally in the street we had police yeah, it was it was crazy I, I sit back now and i think how did you do that? How how did you go through that? Like it was it was crazy. It was it was a little bit wild. You could have a movie. You really <laughs> could a have wild. a movie. Yeah. Um, so then you obviously made the move to fight fit militia. Yeah. How was that initially? Because at that point of time, Chef Richie, um, that whole squad, Gareth, uh, yes. they were on another level. They were on a higher level than anyone else in South Africa at that point. Yeah. So. After Kevin passed, I stayed in Durban for I think about a year because I just I just managed because I left. I had a really good job, um, which I left to pursue a full time fighting career. So I had a few sponsors. Mark Stratum from that tech was was Muscle Science. Mm -hmm. He now has Sports RX. Um, he said to me, "Listen, let's do let me. I'll get you a sponsor. Let's do the pursue this full time." So then I started training uh, for about a year in Durban. And Gareth was calling me. He's like, but come to Joburg. Come to Joburg. Like, you need to come to Joburg. Because you guys go way back. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he trained with me at, with Kevin at um, Shuriken Dojo every morning, every afternoon. Um, so he obviously made the track to Joburg. And then he's like, for fights, we need to come. So 
after Kevin dies, a little bit lost. I didn't know what to do. So I was just cross-training a bit. Rory was still helping me with my conditioning. Yeah, from Joburg, sending me programs and doing my nutrition. I was training at Dave Fistar. I think it's Dave Fistar. Doing jets there. And just like cross-training, doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. Had two fights when I was in Durban. And before the, I think it was, uh, there's not the Steeman Moma fight. There was another guy that I fought after that. I can't remember his name now. Francho Kabulu. So then I came to Joburg 10 days prior to to just acclimate, and then I decided to go past fights and go check it out. Rory actually came with me. I literally hit, hit pads with Rich for like five minutes. I was like, he said to me, you fit? I said, yeah, I'm fit. I'm fighting at 10 days. I'm joking. Hit pads with him for not even five minutes. I was dead, dead on the floor, and I, and I had a blue eye. <laughs> so I walked out of the gym that day, absolutely destroyed after five minutes. I still said to Rory, I was like, I need to come here. He's like, yeah, bro, this is where you need to come. So... Then after the fight, went back down, packed up my life there and moved to Joburg. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that was EFC 10. Yeah, EFC 10. 2011, yeah. man. Then I fought Nolan straight after. I actually saw Nolan yesterday in a shopping center. How's he doing these yeah, days? Yeah, he's good, looking good. He's yeah, also he's one of the guys. OGs of the day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Would you support, a, and I, I said this to Gareth, a EFC Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think that would be cool, you know, especially from where the sports, where the sport is known from where it's come, for sure. Because for cool. me, you would be one of the names. Oh, Gareth would probably be one of the first names, but yeah. you would be close oh, behind. And then I see the UFC stars, and I, look, I know the levels, there's yes, levels, yes, but for sure. when you see a guy like Cowboy Cerrone or whoever at uh, DC, when they get inducted, or Aldo the other day, yeah. It means the world it's to them because cool, yeah, it's man. like recognition for your service. Your work that you've done and the blood and the sweat and the tears and the, you've left in there, you know. I really need to push that. <laughs> I keep telling Kyra. Yeah. But anyway, um, you've now uh, found yourself in a, in a position at Fight Fit where you are the new guy. You've got a reputation though, mm -hmm. no doubt. Mm -hmm. So you've done that. How did that relationship progress? Because you guys... it. it it was a brotherhood. If, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? And to a certain extent, it still is a brotherhood. Yeah. But it was on another level, man, back then. Yeah, look, when I first got there, the training regime was... I don't think people understand how hectic the sessions were. There were some days on a Tuesday where I literally would do between five and seven different disciplines or sessions, like from strength and conditioning in the morning to straight to a run, to striking to jiu-jitsu straight afterwards, a judo session for half an hour to 40 minutes before that, then uh, some more technical stuff, and then you'd hit pads in the evening for eight rounds. It was just like, the grind was legit hard. You literally yeah. would sleep between sessions and like wake up still straight into the next session because there was no time to go home, you know? And is your body, like, does it get used to that? Or eventually, yeah. Because like, I imagine. And there was no time off back then because, listen, we had, we had to catch up. Like, yeah. We were far behind the world um, in terms of MMA being such a young sport, yeah. excuse me. That's a fine. Tyler, mm. <laughs> that's a fine. Thank you. So, so we had to catch up, and Richie knew that, you know, so we did everything, and Richie and Norman think, thought of everything to yeah. get us there as soon as possible. You know, it happened quick, you know, within a matter of two, three years, we had world class athletes, yeah. you know. We just weren't, weren't getting opportunities that a lot of the guys were getting overseas and, and that type of stuff. But it was a lot of. A lot of, I think Rich also learned from that mm. to where the program is today as well. So it's all like a trial and error basis. Mm. And it was, it was awesome. You know, we were a team of 20 guys who would literally be on the mats every day, 
making each other better, pushing each other. Yeah. It was a very tight-knit group. Um, now, look, the team isn't nearly as big as what it was. It's more, a lot smaller. You know, a lot of guys are retired mm. and on their own, doing their own thing. and Various promotions. Yes, and left and, yeah. and starting their own gyms and that type of thing, which is all natural progression, though. Know? And then where the gym is now, it's, it's amazing to see where it's, from where it started in the little... 30 by 30 meter yeah, room to mad. a massive facility now which is which is really really nice to see you just it's speak amazing. about the jits on a yeah. saturday morning this open mat with the kids Mats and are too small. it's insane literally you cannot even you can't even breathe inside there's so many people are you still enjoying the jits so yeah, yes, look i like jits it's not that i don't enjoy jits um i prefer striking of course i think it's more look everything has a time and a place yeah, yeah. like Yes, you can go match up a okay, striker versus grappler, best man or one, whatever. That's but for me, a purist, a guy that likes violence, and for me, striking is where it's at. Yeah, like yeah. I, I like striking. Yes, mixed martial arts is a is a totally different animal because you need to be good at everything to be able to win. Yes, and if one area is lacking and your opponent exploits that, then that's where you're going to lose. You know. And let's be honest, when it comes to crowds. They want to see people standing and banging. For sure. And Look, that's been part of your game, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, I used to just, back in the day, I used to hit guys or take them down, slam them, ground and pound them out. And that's how I basically yeah. got my nickname, The Punisher, because I used to take guys down and ground and pound them. But then I started knocking guys out, like, pretty easily. I was like, oh, striking thing is actually pretty lucky. Let me try <laughs> and knock everybody out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just love striking. I just think it's, for me, it's the most purest part of combat sport. If you look at boxing, where it originates from, it's from bare knuckle boxing, yeah. Back in the day, where there was no rounds, no ring, and you just go and saw the one oak says, "Okay, I've had enough now. Yeah, I'm done." So that's that's what I like about the bare knuckle boxing. Is I mean, there's rumors of I know a, a former EFC fighter who's coaching now is potentially setting up some bare knuckle stuff. Amazing. There's a few guys that have been sort of approached. Is it something you would consider down the line, considering how much you love striking? Yeah, I actually. What do you make of it? Because it's exploded in the U.S. I think it is the fastest growing sport in the world, and you can't you can't hide there. No like, ways. You can't you can't get hurt and now I need to take a guy down to survive. Yeah. I'm hurt now. Now I got to fight to survive, or I got to say okay, bad enough. Yeah, you got to bite down and For go. For sure. Yeah. Like, look, the guys get damaged. Um, I watched Mark Perry versus, he fought uh, Michael Venom Page. Yeah. And you look at Michael Venom Page. He's a phenomenal striker. He's yeah. knocked out so many guys with one strike. <laughs> Mark Perry isn't the greatest technical fighter, but the guy's got grit. He's got a chin, and he throws a good punch, and he does not give up. And it takes one. And then he ended up beating one of the best strikers in the world by just his grit and determination not to, not to give up and just keep pushing. So... That's what I dig about it. Yeah. Like even if that guy's better than you, you can beat him with your will and your drive to beat him and the grit. Yeah. And that's what I think. That's what I like about it. Because four-ounce gloves, oh, yeah, they're tiny. <laughs> now I'll take that away. You know what I'm saying? I just feel it's not for everyone. I think no. MMA in general has still got a, a way to go to be mainstream. It's getting there. Yes. But I think bare knuckles... Is catching up very quickly because yeah. there is a place for it. Uh, don't get me started on power slap because that, <laughs> no, that, that's I don't, not my game. I don't even watch. No, I think I think <laughs> that to me, just my opinion on it, is you would willingly stand across from a table and let someone slap you 
and cause brain damage without you even being able to defend yourself. At least with MMA and boxing and they're not boxing, you have the opportunity yeah. to move your head offline. You get cracked, it's you no. get cracked, you know. Uh, it's a big swing. You no, know what I mean? It's I don't yeah. even, I, I hope it never I hope it does. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think people are getting hurt at the moment. Like I think so. Serious uh, what's it uh Brown's here, C T E. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because exactly. you're taking ten slaps as hard as you can. Like it's not smart. No, it's not smart. <laughs> um I'm gonna ask you, obviously there's been highs highs and lows in your, your career. I mean, winning a title, like that's next level, right? And yeah. I mean You've been able to taste that euphoria. Yeah. Um, maybe just take us back there. What, what was it like preparing for sort of a title fight and, and getting into that space? Because does the the training differ for five rounds? As of, I mean, I know this sounds stupid, but it's five rounds title. There's a lot more pressure than just a three-round yeah. um, contender or whatever it is, eliminator, whatever you want to call it. How does your mindset change for when you're preparing for a title as opposed to just a normal fight? And, and I mean, because from what I've seen, guys go through absolute hell. I mean, there's stories of some gyms where the – and a fight fit is, is one of them where it's just on an incredible level of pushing you to almost breaking point to make sure you're at the top, top preparedness that you could be in the top shape that you could be to get that gold strap. Yeah, look, I think, I think a lot of, like, fight fit guys used to push. Even every fight that I was in, you know, from my very first fight to them, they made sure that you were ready. Yeah, you know, make sure you cover all bases, push you to to the to the brink of, you know, you dead. Yeah. But there's also a time and a place where you get like guys get injured as well, being so overtired, and I think fighting for title, everybody has got their own space that they need to be in. I think it's important for Oaks to, I only started realizing that much later in my career, is like what I need as an athlete. Because everyone's different. Like, the pressures are different. Yeah. Um, some people, guys don't like to put pressure on themselves. Like, I don't like the pressure on me. That's why I like, I'm chilled. I yeah. just want to fight, you know. Uh, Richard said to me one fight, like, there was before the Jeremy fight, like, I didn't, I didn't even hit pads. I literally just wrapped up, moved around a bit, and went and fought, and one, fought one of my best fights. Yeah. And he was always like, you're crazy, you know. I don't know anyone <laughs> like that. So I think everyone's different, but the, but the intensity definitely ramps up, and, and it's a, the guys figure out what each athlete needs for their preparation for their camp. Yeah. That, that Jeremy fight, I think, was a, it was almost like a redemption for you in yeah. a way. He handed me my first loss. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's, and also like the stories I hear, and maybe you can just share with us. But it was like the shenanigans behind the scenes, <laughs> where you were being threatened and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but it, but me, I don't worry about that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like afterwards, after the fight, everybody was cool with each other. Yeah. There was no more animosity. I, look, it's all mind games and trying intimidation. It works on some people, but it doesn't work on other people. So. It wasn't really a big issue for me. So there was no threats of kidnapping and stuff? No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Not for me. Maybe Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, just, I just remember that, that fight. Like, it stands out for me yeah. as a moment of, like, redemption for you in a way. Like, because it almost set you on the right track again, if, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, coming back and being injured and supposedly we have to retire. Yeah, I had a big chip on my shoulder going into that fight. Retirement talk has been following you around for a long time. Was like, yeah, <laughs> that was a 33. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. You've been uh, to UAE Warriors. Yeah. How's that? How's that been? I, I know, obviously, uh, my colleague Simon Stevens is commentating yeah. there. Uh, Cyrus Fee is also involved there. Um, but just tell us of the setup. I know. Look, it's uh, there's there's huge money involved in terms of the setup and the production, and they literally do three events back to back with Africa and the, whatever it is. But how's your experience been of it so far? Yeah, it's been amazing. I've got a good uh, manager, Marcelo. So, yeah. He got me the first fight of October last year against a good opponent. Um, everything there runs smooth. Like, literally when we got there, it was COVID time. So we literally got COVID tested two, three times a day. Bloods get taken. Very professional. Um, went to the arena to go watch the fight, and it was an Etihad arena. So a lot of UFCs get hosted there. Yeah, it's and amazing. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's, it's a good show. Is it know? packed? No. Oh, okay. So it's not very full. Because they have two events, a, a, Friday, a Friday and a Saturday event. And the Saturday events are normally the more the local guys I see. from that area. And that's normally fuller. Um, but the night that I fought in October, you know, watching, being behind backstage and going into the into the ring, fighting, coming back out, and then having going to back out to go and watch the fight, you know, because you want to watch the rest of the card. Mm. It's it's very very professional, you know. You can see the guys spent a lot of money on mm. getting it uh, the the way that they have got it. Um, and then on a Saturday when we went to watch before we came back to SA, it was the event was very full. Okay. I would say about 80 percent capacity. But they go give all their tickets away. Yeah. They don't they don't sell their tickets, Jeez. which is I don't know. I suppose when money isn't an issue, issue you can yeah for sure. So they actually just give them away to try and get people to come and watch. And this promotion, are you quite excited potentially what your options are in there when you, when you do get back at the moment? Yeah, uh, look, this guy just lost against now. Um, it's number one contender, so the goal was to beat him and then... Uh, Esperanka. Yeah, 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 fight, fight, fight for the belt. Um, but I mean, looking at my performance, you always go back and say, could have done this, could have done that, this, that. But I felt I had a really good performance there and I think... If I decide to go back to him, and your shoulder went. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. you were one arm basically. Oh, but it's always a way, you know. You could have <laughs> found a way with one arm to win, you know. In my mind, I'm like, you could You're have a done warrior, bro. <laughs> stick You're and warrior. move, boy. Absolutely. But yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, contemplating very hard of transitioning to bare knuckle boxing. Okay. I've been thinking long and hard the last couple of days, to be honest. Heard it first here. Yeah. Just, just hashtag. Just <laughs> I actually mentioned it to Boyd last night and. I think it's something I want to pursue. And also, let's be honest, my, my, to get to the UFC would take me a year or two. Yeah. I'm yeah. 42. Who's going to sign a guy at 42? Not yeah. that I can't fight, but I can compete with any fighter in the world any given day. That's Especially in your myself. weight division. For sure. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll have a dip at anyone, whether it be 205, 105, I'll fight anyone. I don't care. But I need to be realistic as well and be like, but like, it's yeah. not going to happen. So let's... In my mind, I'm like, let's go somewhere where, yes, I can go to UAE and I can win and become ultimate title. Sure. Uh, I know I can. Yeah. But the money will be good. But if I become Ben, Ben Knuckle FC uh, world champion and an organization like that. Money is really good. Money is really good. Yeah. And it's one of the fastest growing sports in the world. Yeah. Are you not worried about the damage, though? Cuts heal, bro. I suppose, yeah. Cuts heal. It's a different, like, I've got cuts in my face. You can barely see them. Mm. You know, like, yes, when you watch them and they're actually hitting each other and you see the blood everywhere and there's cuts. But after they wipe their faces, 
True. It doesn't look bad. Like he's yeah. got two or three cuts and he's a and bit also swollen. And always looks bad in the heat of battle on For the head. For sure. There's blood yeah. everywhere. Of course, it looks gory. Yeah, yeah. But those things heal. Especially, look, if you broke a, bro, break an orbital or fracture orbital, different story. Yeah. You know? But bones heal, scar tissue heals, you know, cuts heal, all that stuff. So, uh, look, my wife's not happy. She's like... I was about to ask you now like, because... But she's she knows me. So if I've got something in my in my mind that I want to do, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And she supports me, and she'll have my you know my back always. But no, does she watch there. the? I mean, I know she's been to some of your fights, but yeah. does she watch sort of like yeah. your finger? Exactly. You know? She walks outside. Yeah, she literally will sit there and chew her nails, and then someone will come call her say, oh, "I've won or lost." <laughs> so she does not watch. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> listen, I mean. I've seen you supporting yeah. your wife at the for Submission sure. Kings and that, and she's done incredibly well there. But it is it when you have, and I imagine it's an interesting dynamic between you. You're yeah. both very competitive. Yeah. Um, but when you're preparing, is it is there tension in the house? Is it like? Yeah. Look, there, oh, there will always be. Any marriage has sure, tension sure. anytime. And look, yeah. being two athletes in one house also. I mean, I'm not competing anytime soon. Did you soon. eat my protein? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, joking, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's busy. We're actually leaving for Barcelona now. Next week, Wednesday. She's going to compete in um, uh, European Worlds. Fantastic. Um, so she's in camp. She's going through the things that I went through my camp, having little niggles here, weight cutting, this and that. And, you know, and ladies are a bit more emotional yeah. and always see like the worst case and everything so it's hard to manage that sometimes are you a sounding board though you know does she take advice from you or sort of thing or so i think she doesn't yeah. and sometimes she doesn't you okay, know she's yeah. also she also in her own world that does her own thing and i give her advice where i can yeah, give her yeah. advice and just give her my opinion on stuff and if she takes it she takes it and if she doesn't she doesn't you know so it's up to her and i try i try yeah i try and help her try give her advice and my opinion was like she's got a little niggle on her knee. I was like, you probably strain it in a little bit. Like, it'd be okay. Must, it must be torn. I'm like, no, just chill. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's, it's easy. Are you going to go along with? Yes, I'm okay, going to go with her. Yeah. What a city, man. Yeah, what a city. So, we've got a nice trip planned. We're literally flying on the 26th and then we're back the following Sunday. I think we leave for Amsterdam on the 2nd from. Okay. Brilliant. From Barcelona to, to Amsterdam. Just oh, to enjoy the trip. Yeah, good luck to Mars. So also our six-year wedding anniversary now next on the 22nd this weekend. So when she wins and, uh, you know, I mean, it's all going to ah, be magic. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be magic. We're wishing you all the best. Yes, thank Mars. you. Good luck. Sure. Um, I've got to ask you, like, if you are approached in the street now, you know, yeah. because when we keep coming back to the, the sort of uh, the image of athletes and, and people with fighting and that, do people like see the tats and I mean you're a lanky guy do they sort of do you have your fans still come up to you or are there guys who sort of like step past you no, type thing or? no I get a lot of guys will come up to me and say hey please how are you can I have a photo it's cool you know I enjoy that yeah. it's like a, not that I see myself as a celebrity no or, true but, yeah, but you're you, OG just, you're a yeah, pioneer for sure yeah. yeah I get quite often which is cool my friends actually like who's that guy I'm like <laughs> so, so do you have a thing where if you don't know the guy's name you're like hey Chris or Boyd or whoever it is no, no. they go hey, no, I'm <laughs> just so that no in case no not at all but I think at the end of the day it's recognition you know no, like sure. and yes South Africa has the big three where 
Springboks, Pro Tears, Bafana, whatever, you know, yeah. it's, it still dominates. But there, there's a space for the combat sports and mixed martial arts no, in particular. Sure. I actually went took my car for a wash the other day. And the guy that owns the car wash watched me fight. And he's like, listen, I wash it. You don't need to pay for your car wash. I was like, come on, man. It's, it's 100 bucks. No, please. It's on me. Your money's not good here. Your last <laughs> fight was amazing. Sorry about your injury. That's and cool. I was, like, I was like, that's so nice, you know. And to, uh, yeah, it's very lucky. Yeah. You know, it makes you, makes you, gives you like a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, you know. As someone who's, like we said before, it's over 40 pro fights. What do you make of South African MMA at the moment? Because... You have got guys like Drikus and um, Forging Cameron's. Uh, he's still a baby, uh, yeah. with all due respect. He's but yeah. he's there. Um, Temba didn't have a great start at the UFC. Uh, you've got a guy like Demartu's doing and other. You know, these are guys yeah, yeah. that well are flying the flag yeah. for South yeah. Africa. Just and apologies if I've missed anyone else out. But what do you make of it at the moment? Because I sometimes look at a, a fight card and I go like. We should have more talent coming through, right? Yeah. Look, it's come a long way. I mean, in the last, I would say in the last five years, it's really, you see the guys making that transition into the international stage with Don, JP, Trickers. I mean, look at Luke, Ma, uh, Luke, Hen Ugh, not Luke Hendricks, Luke Griffith. Now. No, he went on, yeah. Luke and Griffith, yeah, amazing. Athletes of note, he's born in Bredia, training in Ritchie for the last couple of years, going to the States, training with the best in the world. Mm -hmm and absolutely starting to dominate the jiu-jitsu scene yeah. there. So we've got the fighters here in general. And to see MMA, we get in there, look at Drikus. He's fighting amazingly, winning fights, and title contention now with, you know, hopefully that happens. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm you think he's ready to face Israel Adesanya right now? Because we know Drikus is super talented, super strong, but Adesanya, there's a reason he's top he's dog in middleweight. For sure. I think, in my opinion, I think Drikus is key to victory there. I think he can beat Adesanya if he can keep the keep the pace on him mm. and make it an ugly fight. Okay. I don't think he can win that fight being to making a kickboxing fight. Yeah, yeah. I think he needs to fight his fight and make try and make Izzy tired and then try and win him like that and submit him, drag him to the ground. Drag him to the deep end, like physically drag him to the deep end so he can win. Like John... Was it uh, Blachowicz then? Yeah, yeah, Blachowicz. Yeah, 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 yeah. So something like that. I think he can do it, you know. I mean, he's got that dog. Yeah, geez, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got that dog in him, you know. Yeah. He, you have to kill him to beat him, you know. And Cameron Simon is another spectacular athlete. He's young, he's hungry. I just hope they don't push him too quickly because yeah. he is still young. Um if you look at uh, Bo Boxers fighting now next week, uh, this weekend also in mm -hmm. one championship, which is probably the biggest spectator yeah. MMA Massive. Um, organization in the world. And a lot of yeah. people don't know that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, You're dropping stuff here on the floor. Jeez. <laughs> I'm to throw your phone at me. <laughs> Yo, Tyler. we've got amazing talent, John. Yeah. It's only going to get better. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see. I'm just. Because my, my whole thing is like, it doesn't cost a lot to get into the sport. You know what I'm trying to say? It's your body. Just rock up. Yeah. And but give it everything you I got. I just feel like from a development point of view, like around our amateurs and that, because let's let's be honest, you have to cut your teeth in amateurs. Yeah. You have to. And I mean and and there are some ridiculously talented people, but the the sort of general feeling I get is you need at least ten amateur fights. Before, before you turn pro, you yeah. turn pro. Yeah. and I especially know now. you know especially now but 
I just get the feeling that guys are going two or three and then they're in, you know, and I don't know if that long term that's really good for the development of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad to see. Look, there's there's some exceptional talent. Don't yes, get me wrong. For sure, for yeah. sure. But you, you can't buy experience at the end of the day. And if you don't have a good amateur career and you get thrown in the deep end, it can all make or break break people, you know. Yeah. So jumping too quickly, fighting above your punching weight and you get hurt, that puts a lot of guys off, you know. Yeah. So it is sad to see, and I hope whoever can develop some talent, because we have the talent, yeah. Here, man. We, we've in all sports, not just in uh, the whole boxing. continent. And, we yeah. had the best heavyweight boxers in the world at a stage. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are a physical and a competitive nation, mm. and we've been brought up. I, I always laugh, and I was like, "Yeah, the Irish are so tough, and the Brazilians are so tough." And I was like, "Bro, South Africans are are tough." Yeah. You know what I mean? So. We're another breed, eh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, no one knows. People don't really understand. We've got to have to deal with on a daily basis. We live in the most hostile, probably one of the most hostile countries in the world. Mm. You know? So, Which is dark most of the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> <There's> no power. <laughs> anyway. And you've you got to watch your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. When the yeah, lights are out, you got to watch your back. breeding ground for tough yeah. SOBs. Yeah, um, for sure. Who, who's inspired you? Like... Um, Who's inspired you in your career? Like, have you, have you, did you look at a UFC fighter or was it someone in, you know, a South African person? Who inspired yeah. you? And who inspires you today? Because yeah. you have to get out of bed and you have to firstly roll up the sleeves, button up the shirt, get the, the business going, and yeah, then there's yeah. training. I would, I have fighters that are, that I like, like what I started watching before I even started fighting, like George Champier was one of them, Anderson Silva. Um, I don't look up to guys. I just kind of do my thing. I don't need really need much motivation to go and train and do my thing. I don't aspire to be like anyone. Yeah. I try and aspire to be like myself. But I look look at guys like John Jones, George Champier, Anderson Silva, the guys that are the greats. You know, never got the recognition except John Jones now, but the recognition like the newer guys are getting. Yeah, you know, it shows you how the sports is like just surpassed them with, with all the social media. And, you know, if George Champier could talk and talk like Connor, he would be the biggest superstar, a superstar the world's ever seen in a combat athlete because he was phenomenal in yeah. his division. There was, he was untouchable. So, yeah, I just, I just do my thing, yeah. you know. I just try the best, be the best I can be for myself. I don't, uh, don't really... Like look up to anybody or try and be like anyone in, in, in particular. I just chopping myself. I've got a few more before we wrap up, but are there still nerves before the fight? I mean, considering yeah. you've been doing this a while, um, there's still a few butterflies as you walk out. I remember, I never forget. I think it was the Zico fight. You had Tom Petty playing. Went back down. I was like, what a perfect song. Yeah, it's so apt. Um, and you always have pretty cool walkout tunes over the years, uh, but. Are there still nerves when the floor manager goes, it's time, let's go? The biggest nerve for me, I said it to someone the other day, is the day that I get my contract. Okay. And they go, now I need a sign. And you're like, okay, this shit's real now. We're <laughs> okay. fighting. And then from there on, it becomes just like second nature. I know what I need to do. Before I walk out, I try and be as calm as possible. I don't I don't really get nervous like mm. butterflies and stuff like that. Yes, there's always a bit of of emotion but mm. it's not it's not I, I wouldn't call for me it's nerves is it's there game plans also going or? yeah it's just okay. focusing on what I need to do um, and then sometimes it doesn't you know but 
um, yeah, there's no, I don't get very nervous, like, yeah, kind of fight now. Like, I enjoy it, so it's more of an excitement thing for me. Like, gonna get into a scrap now. The last 12 weeks, you got to now show what's what you've done, you know. And when the door closes and the nah. ring announces, done its thing, there's no, 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 then it's, it's go time. This is just literally, are you looking in the dude's eyes, yeah, going, yeah. I am going to destroy you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm throwing with bad intentions. Yeah, I, th I think about worse things than that in my head that you just <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> just like yeah, the other things go through okay. my head. And, uh, so worse than bad <laughs> intentions, I yeah. got. You. Yeah, yeah. So that switch goes. Yes, hundred percent. And then it's yeah. yeah. Um, finally, what's your advice to someone who's getting in? Because there's a lot of young kids who I see now coming through amateurs who are working at the various promotions. They're looking up. Uh, that want to get into the sport, they want to make careers. What's your advice to them? Because I don't, don't think people realize the sacrifices you guys yeah, make. Look. Yeah, I, I would say find a good gym, find people that you gel well with and work well with. Work with, find guys in each discipline or whatever to make you the best version of yourself in every discipline. If you, go, if you can find a coach who can put it all together for you, amazing. Find a nutritionist, look after your body, train hard, also rest, don't over push yourself. Because yeah. that's also important. I find a lot of guys train themselves into the ground and you're not recovered by the next day. So rest, in my opinion. As I got older, I realized I needed to train less and rest when I need to rest, when my yeah. body tells me to rest. So listen to uh, your body. Listen to your body. Yeah. Uh, eat well as well. You know, nutrition... I've been working with Rory for 12 years now and nutrition is an important so thing. Even during your injury now? Yeah. You're still on point with eating? Obviously, it's uh, not weight cuts. No, no. Look, I don't eat 100% strict. Yeah. I'll now have, if I want to have a little bit of Doritos on the weekend, I'll have Doritos on the weekend, but I try and eat as healthy as I can. It also helps with the recovery as well, sure. with the injury. So I generally eat pretty well Yeah. Um, from a Monday to a Friday, Monday to Saturday. So... What's a cheat meal? What's a good cheat meal? I can have a burger and chips. That's a cheat meal for me. Okay. I sometimes have a pizza. Yeah. I maybe have a chocolate once or twice a week here and there if I feel like a chocolate. Like that's like my cheat, you know. Yeah. Um, other than that, I eat clean, like I should be eating. Yeah. Because you're, be, you're a professional yeah, athlete. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And sometimes you fall off the bus. We all human, you know. Like yeah. sometimes you go for a two day, just eat rubbish, and you're like, hey, I feel terrible. Yeah. Have a few beers and then back on it. But yeah, just look after yourself. Mm. Um. Maybe find a good manager as well that can make you pick the right fights and yeah. guide you in the right direction. Yeah. Martin van Staden, uh, you're an inspiration. Thank Keep you. up the amazing work. And I'm fascinated to see what the next chapter holds because I think it might not be retirement, but it might be bare knuckle that comes calling for sure. where you carve your name into <laughs> the record books. Thanks for your time, Thank but you as always. Much, yes. Thank you so much. Cool.